0: Get over it, everybody. You can put whoever you want on the Slim Fucking Reaper. I'm really mad he went away from that nickname because his Twitter handle is Easy Money Sniper and his original nickname in the league was the Slim Reaper. That's who you're fucking dealing with. Mister, I give you however many points I want to give you. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Pick and Play Show. Me and Leo, we're going to be breaking down all the NBA news. Uh, we're going to hit Dallas, the Celtics, all the teams eliminated, Philadelphia, the Nets, the Bucks. We got Phoenix sitting off to the side with a COVID Chris Paul. We right, Tonight, we got the Jazz coming up, and we don't even know if Kawhi Leonard's out for the rest of the season with an ACL injury. And now Donovan Mitchell might be out. This is a bunch of crazy shit, and we're going to break it all down for you.
1: Ice tray on nigga, flooded ice. If a nigga hatin', call him Joe Button. Pussy Cool outside and it's press button Pat that nigga mad, cause your bitch fuckin' Fuck it, Ice Trader Gang Ice Trader Gang Ice Trader Gang Ice Trader Gang Fuck it, Ice Trader Gang ice. ice Trader Gang ice. ice Trader Gang ice. ice Trader Gang <antine> yeah. Fuck it, Ice Trader Gang Fuck it, Ice Trader Gang
0: So, Leo, we're into this now. We're heading into the finals. Phoenix has wrapped their series up. Let's take a quick moment and walk through the teams that are left starting with the games today. We've got Philadelphia, Atlanta. Atlanta has a 3-2 lead. And Philly has blown a 10-point lead or more in four of
2: these games. What are you seeing? Trey Young is better than your favorite player, and I don't care what you have to say about it. (laughs) That's how I feel. I've been banging the table for Trey Young since the season started, since before the season started, actually. If you've been listening to this Pick and Play podcast, I would be lying to you if I said that I thought that they were about to go on a conference finals run. You know, possibly a finals run. If I would have told you that before the season, I would have been lying my ass off. But I saw good things on the horizon for them. And it's all coming to fruition with the collapse of Philly. I'm really, I'm loving this. I'm loving it.
0: So here's an insane stat about this series. Atlanta is up 3-2. Philadelphia is averaging 119.5 points a game in this series. The Hawks are averaging 107.3. They are beating the absolute shit out of the Hawks. They're out rebounding them. They have more assists than them on average. There isn't a statistical category that the Hawks are winning except free throw percentage. I have been a big, big proponent of the trade Ben Simmons. Long time trade Ben Simmons guy over here because he can't get it done in the playoffs they are hacking him in the third quarter in order to get back into games and you watch their whole team mentally disintegrate I don't know if I've ever seen a team mentally collapse the way Philly has it's astounding astounding dude
2: yeah seeing that stat that Only, uh, only Embiid and Seth Curry scored in the fourth quarter of Game Five. That is, if you're a Philly fan, that's got to make you sick to your stomach. You got to be throwing up some Philly cheese. If, if that's disgusting. You got two hundred million a year tied up between, or maybe not a year, but you got two hundred million dollars tied up between Ben Simmons and Tobias Harris, and neither of them can get you a bucket when you need it. And you're playing Atlanta. It's not like you're playing, yeah. Brooklyn, you're not playing milwaukee you know like you're not playing a team that's got all these elite defensive options atlanta they're scrappy they're young but there isn't a lockdown defender out there on the floor so for your two perimeter quote-unquote stars to give you nothing ugh, ugh. really
0: really uh, honestly my step my takeaway from this is atlanta good for you you are overachieving period Nothing wrong with Trey Young. Trey Young is averaging 29 points a game in this series. Nothing wrong with Trey Young. Period. He's killing it. Killing it. What I'm saying is he, he gets all those props. He's not the reason they're winning these games. When you watch these games, you're watching one Philadelphia team. I mean, they were up 26 points with the with three minutes left in the third, and they lost by six. They gave up more points in that swing. They gave up 51 points in that span. They fell apart so mentally across the board that, like, when I'm watching it, I'm talking to my friends who have watched basketball their whole life. Like, they played Division One basketball. You know, break this down for me. They have nothing for me. There's nothing. How come they're not doing this? I don't know, man. you know what's going on with Ben Simmons how come he's not even cutting to the lane didn't even take a free throw didn't even take a field goal what's going on like if you're out there what are you seeing with your teammates I don't know that's the answer
2: this Right. I, I got to push back a little bit on the Trey Young isn't the reason that they're winning. Because in that fourth quarter in game five, I know that it wasn't a, a Trey Young scoring exhibition per se, at least until the last two minutes. Where Sweet he, Lou Williams. Got more aggressive. But Philly's putting all their eggs in the tie bowl and Ben Simmons can stop Trey Young basket. And we saw when it mattered most, when both teams needed a bucket, you saw Trey Young blowing by Ben Simmons. You saw Trey Young leaving Tybalt at the three-point line while he's shooting a floater. Like, that's the difference between these two teams. When it gets to nut-crunching time, and I'm sure we're going to talk about this when we get to Giannis and the Nets. If you got that guy that can go get you a bucket no matter who's on the floor, you're at an All advantage. Right. And I think that that's what we're seeing, that these teams are close. Uh, I don't think that the talent disparity is that huge between these two teams. Uh, and that's why I picked the Hawks in six originally. I know that we didn't do a pod where we made our round two predictions, but I did put a decent amount of money on the Hawks to win in six. So uh, that is that's my pick, and and I'm not surprised to see what we're seeing right now. I'm not shocked. What I am shocked by is that DeAndre Hunter is definitely their number three player behind Trey and Collins, and he is out. And so they're doing this without their third best player, and I think he's their third best player by a considerable margin. So kudos to Atlanta, man. I'm feeling Yeah,
0: great. I just – when it comes to – here's the thing. When it comes to points and you look at a series – And we can talk about, you know, that dude at the end of the game. And 100% Philly doesn't have that person. But it's not like Joel Embiid isn't going out there and putting up 36 a night. He's actually just one point per game off in the series from Trey Young. So they do have someone matching Trey Young offensively already. And their stats are almost mirrored. Uh, Joel Embiid is 28.4, 10.2, and 3.7. That's points, rebounds, and assists. Trey Young is 29.4 two, uh, 2.4 and 10.3. They're literally just mere matching each other in terms of production in the game. It's everyone after that. I mean, Tobias Harris not making a field goal in the second half. What? Like what? It's Lou Williams, who we're, we're agreeing now, we go Trey Young, Bogdanovich, Hunter, Capella, um, and then Lou Williams actually might be. First. John Collins is more important to that team. And then you finally get to Lou Williams. Lou Williams steps up, has a great quarter. Oh my great god! The quarter. beginning
2: of that third, my man was on fire.
0: On fire. Forever. So it, my biggest thing is when I look at Philly, I, and they're gonna fire Doc Rivers after this series when they lose the series, because I don't know what you can, you know. So here's the thing: if Philly tonight jumps out to a twenty point lead, it does it matter? It doesn't matter. Like,
2: there's no point. The, the Hawks are always in range with the offense that they have.
0: The Hawks are the Hawks are averaging 12 points less a game than the 76ers in this series. They're up 3-2. to two. What in it, the criminal It really fuck? comes
2: down to, man, I, I'm really, I, I will die on the hill of if you don't have that guy that can get you that shot under a minute and, and feel good about him getting that shot then I don't feel good about you winning the championship. And Joel Embiid is a top 10 argument for top five player. But you saw at the end of game five, they put the ball in his hands at the end. He's trying to drive to the hoop. It doesn't work because they're packing the paint. He gets a charge. Game's essentially over because nobody else on the team even showed up to play. No, showed up to play. So that It makes a big difference having that guy.
0: At a hundred percent. So this transitions into our next series, Bucks and Nets.
2: Ooh-wee.
0: Now, uh, the <laughs> mere match time. Uh, the Bucks have the same fucking problem that the 76ers have. It gets the nut crunch in time. Everyone starts standing around with the ball. Giannis does the thing where he drives into six people, it's a charge. And you can just start to feel the momentum flip. Who is going to get you a bucket that you have to manufacture? Middleton is only seems to be capable of that at home. He is a ghost boy on the road. We're gonna see that tomorrow. What do you make of this series? I mean the Nets are now down to a peg leg pirate, James Harden. Kyrie's ankle, that's taken a siesta. Kevin Durant's turned back into the Slim Reaper, but he can only do so much. How's this go for you?
2: Yeah, man, I mean, with the Bucks, the problem is that with Giannis, you have someone who can create a look for others and can probably create a look for himself when he needs to, but it's only one type of look that he can create, right? So if you, if you defend against him getting right to the rim, you got a good chance of stopping him. With Middleton, I think he can hit the shot that you need him to hit, Although I'm not sure how much I believe in him creating the shot for himself. And then with Drew, you have someone who can create a good look. But I'm not sure in this series especially, and you know I've been a big Drew Holiday advocate, it doesn't look like he's built to take the shot, right? And, And Drew Holiday, he already has a game winner in this series. He did have a game winning layup at the end of game... Two or three. I don't remember exactly which one it was, but Drew, he's not looking like you can ISO him under a minute left and rely on a bucket right now. So they're just a little one dimensional. However, I mean, we're, we're in game seven for a reason. And I think that what we saw in game six from Giannis is the recipe for for them winning. You saw Giannis going straight to the rim. If it wasn't at the rim, he probably wasn't taking it. He only took maybe three or four mid-range jumpers. I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but it wasn't that many jumpers taken yesterday. He was going straight to the rim and saying, nobody on this roster, nobody in the city of Brooklyn, nobody associated with the Brooklyn Nets can guard me. I'm going to the rim, and I'm going to score. And that's exactly what he did. And him having success opens up some lanes for Middleton to get an open three, for Middleton to be able to shoot some shots in rhythm. You saw Giannis driving kick to Middleton a couple times. Like, it all flows together. With Brooklyn, it, it's KD or bust, really. I mean, we see we see what Harden's giving us out there. He's giving us a little bit. He, he's, he's trying, and you got to give him credit for that. Hats off to James Harden. But... If KD doesn't have the greatest KD performance of all time in game five, this series is probably over, man. I'm not going to lie to you. I think that this series is over if KD, if one of the greatest players of all time doesn't give us his greatest performance of all time, which also happens to probably be the best playoff performance I've ever seen with my eyes of all time, it took that for them to win game (laughs) six. I'm sorry. Also, a collapse on the Bucks.
0: So unless we're going to get that, also took again. the Bucks collapsing down the stretch. There was a lot had to go right for the Nets there. The KD doing his best. KD the Bucks also in that game had an 18 point lead. I, th- th- it's the same thing. It took all of that for the Nets to hit that. It took, like you said, it took KD having KD's best game ever. It took the Nets completely falling apart. It took a lot for them just to force this into a Game 7 series. I mean, can KD go for 55? I don't, yes,
2: I, KD, yeah. he, he could definitely go for 55 again. But I just, given the results at Game 5, I just didn't understand. Like You log on Twitter or in my text messages, pretty much everywhere where I would actually be reading stuff. I saw a whole lot of Giannis lander after game five, and some of it deservedly so, because he was taking some shots that had me standing in front of my TV like, what in the fuck are you doing? But still overblown. Like This man Giannis is giving you 34 and 12 yes. every single game. Like, yep. <laughs> As long as Middleton and Holiday come along with them, I don't see how they lose this series. I don't it, see it. To an
0: earlier point that you made, it's because there are two, two types of superstars. And in the regular season, we can't really tell the difference between the two. But when they get to the playoffs, it becomes incredibly, it becomes really, really obvious once they allow the physicality start to play out. Giannis has a game style that he basically uses the fact that he's the greatest athlete on the basketball court. We know he doesn't really have a shot. It can fall. His shot can fall. We haven't seen it in this series, so maybe game seven it could come out. But it's a very kind of uh, straightforward game. He doesn't have a whole lot of post moves. Which if he needs to start adding some fucking post moves, he can add some post moves. He never
2: unstoppable fi- if he has post moves.
0: It, that Harden play that Harden ISO'd him and he settled for a two pointer. That's the part of hard of Giannis's game that people latch onto. Um, it's the worst part of the Ben Simmons game. It is I can't shoot free throws. So if you foul me before I can get my chance to go up for the bucket, you can negate my offensive abilities. Now, that's the one type of superstar that in the regular season, we really don't, you know, we don't differentiate. There's two types, though. You have what you can do offensively physically and then what you can do with your hands. Kevin Durant can shoot from anywhere and kill you. Your boy, Trey Young, can shoot from anywhere on the court and kill you. Dame Lillard, Luka, Steph, LeBron... These people can pull up on you and give it to you however the fuck you want it. They drive to the lane, they score, you send them the free throw line, they shoot above 70%. There are some superstars, Giannis is one of them, that can't shoot. And so when they have that off game, because, you know, that's the way the game goes... Chris Middleton doesn't make any fucking baskets. Drew Holiday doesn't make any fucking baskets. So it's all just on Giannis. And they do build this fucking wall. And the physicality goes up. And he misses a couple. And there's no foul to offset it. And people like to latch on to it. I just think people need to realize that if you balance Giannis with... Okay, so let me throw a hypothetical trade at you. All right, You're the Bucs. Other side of the world... Is a team with Dame Lillard. Now, if I were to turn around and Dame Lillard says, I'm out of here.
2: Whatever the fuck they want. I don't know what trade you're about to give me, but as long as the name Giannis Antetokounmpo is not involved in that, the Blazers can have whatever the fuck they want. Tell me what you want. You can have it.
0: Exactly. So if I said, hey, Chris Middleton drew Holiday, three first-round picks for Dame, you probably still have yourself a playoff team. You know, I just want Dame. You, you keep CJ. You know, that's your team. That's probably a playoff team. Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, CJ McCollum, uh, Valanciunas. They probably have, not Valanciunas, uh Nurkic, N- Nerk, uh, Nurkic, Nurkic. You probably still have a playoff team there. But if I told you that I could offer the spacing of a dead-eye shooter that never... There isn't a room that Dame Lillard doesn't walk into where he thinks he's got the biggest testicles. Okay, he's got the most. Mm, he's got the most moxie. You could add him to Giannis. Nah,
2: yeah, Dame will probably walk into Michael Jordan's office and put his nuts right. on the table.
0: Giannis is a unbelievable superstar, two time MVP. If they can pair him with someone, and I say like Dame, Dame Lillard, and people go, oh, run. that's crazy. But then I go, okay, well, Kyrie, James Harden, and Kevin Durant all play together. So how crazy is it? LeBron James and AD play together. There's a lot of really good superstars that play together. If you could put Giannis with one of those top-tier superstars that's a dead-eye shooter that has that moxie, his game would open up into an infinite realm because you could never, ever, ever drop a bunch of people into the lane like they do now. I'm just saying, like, when we want to blame Giannis for these things, you really need to blame his teammates who aren't taking any pressure off of him. The fact that you can just leave Chris Middleton sometimes open, and you can leave Drew Holiday open, and then they don't get going, which is what happened in that Nets game. That turnaround, that turnaround was because Drew disappeared, and Middleton disappeared, and Giannis became one-dimensional because he's normally one-dimensional. And people just were like, okay, well, we're just going to drop three on him. I mean, when you watched him, sometimes there were four people collapsing onto him. Four! like You would never even have that thought if you had Dame Lillard out there. And put three smucks with him.
2: Right, and that's where I push back on, not that you did it, but I've and seen a lot.
0: But if I asked you right now, would you take Ja Moran or Ben Simmons? My answer is Ja. Oh,
2: yeah, without a doubt. I'm taking so, Ja every time.
0: Just, so, Ben Simmons isn't the best player. If every single team in the NBA gets to pick a best player, Ben Simmons is not making that list, meaning he is going to end up somewhere around. Here are the players that I kind of put around Ben Simmons. Cat. Um, I'd rather have Cat. Who would you rather have? Okay, there you go. Um, what about CJ McCollum? Hmm.
2: It depends what else If it's I have, a playoff
0: game. But maybe CJ. Yes, uh, okay. Picking CJ is not out but of the question. But maybe CJ. Yep. Vucevic. What about, uh, not? Uh, you know, Vucevic is a good one too if okay, he's healthy. Okay, no, I'm taking Ben Simmons um, over Vuce. Levine.
2: Mm, taking Levine.
0: Okay, so when you really look at Ben Simmons, he's somewhere around the 40th best NBA player. If you're talking about Giannis, he's going top 10 no matter how you're going to cut your list. Period. Please stop. Also, stop with the whole let's... Oh, why isn't Giannis guarding KD? Um, Because for those of us, just let me help everyone out, okay? Sit down in your little boy chair or your little girl chair, whatever you're sitting in, go get it. Go pull it up to the kids' table. This is why you don't get to eat with the adults at Thanksgiving. Because if anyone who's watched KD in their fucking lifetime, KD is going to cook whoever you put in front of him. So, so... Let's fucking get over that And go okay Giannis lock down the next guy And let's just say hey The truth is Katie's not going to beat us alone We'd have to also beat ourselves Well guess what that's what happened in that game Get over it everybody You can put whoever you want on the slim fucking reaper I'm really mad he went away from that nickname Because his twitter handle is Easy Money Sniper And his original nickname in the league was the slim reaper That's who you're fucking dealing with Mr., I give you however many points I want to give you.
2: Right. Not only that, I don't know if you noticed, but there were a couple instances. I was watching for this yesterday when the game was on. There were a couple instances where P.J. Tucker's on KD on Giannis's side of the floor. And I noticed that the Nets, they, they try to operate their offense on the opposite side of wherever Giannis is. Yeah. But anytime KD yes. had the ball on Giannis's side of the floor in a position where Giannis could help on the drive, KD wanted no part of going to that rim. Yeah. Yes. It, uh, you notice it over and it, over again. He's if a you're superior
0: actually watching. athlete. Yes. He's a superior athlete. Think of Giannis as the free safety. Don't always look at where he is to end the play, look at what he took away from the field. If Giannis is on the opposite side of the ball and you pass that ball to anyone, pretty good chance that Giannis will intercept it. So that's eliminated. You can't even pass the ball to where Giannis is hanging out. If you make a move for the paint, understand that Giannis is going to get there faster than you. He is taller than you. He is is faster, quicker than you. His reach is ridiculous. So you better be able to finish at the bucket like a madman. And you know the whole time, you don't think Kyrie, KD, and Harden are thinking about this? Y'all have lost your mind. Bud is not a great coach. We can, we can get rid of that. He fails to recognize matchups too many times. He should have been, uh, he should have been switching and switching till he got Harden on Giannis further away from the ba- basket. He should be instructing Giannis that if you get Harden on you, do not turn your back to him. Take two steps backwards and drive on his bad leg. These are things that Bud needs to be teaching Giannis. He's not. But the idea that Giannis is completely inept on defense or should be one oh one in KD is crazy shit. This is how crazy it is in perspective. Remember when they gave Andre Iguadala finals MVP because he kept LeBron to twenty eight and he didn't even really keep LeBron to twenty eight. LeBron had basically a triple double the whole finals, and they said that was good defense. Right, right. His
2: numbers just slightly dipped when guarded by Iguadala
0: slightly dipped those are the same assholes that gave it to Iguodala over Curry because that is all fucking bullshit his numbers barely dipped if any and he still gave him buckets and you had to pull Iguodala off him because he's getting fouls that's the other part no one wants to talk about so you want Giannis to take charge he's going to get charges period so now you want him to put let KD put numbers on him what are y'all thinking like, what in the fuck are y'all thinking? I really, like, just crazy shit I really to like
2: the cornerback safety comparison that you made there because I feel like a lot of people maybe don't grasp the differences in the types of defense that these defenders play. You know, like you see everyone saying, oh, if you is honest, it's supposed to be all defense. If he's defensive MVP, why don't you have him on KD? I really like that corner free safety because when you look at Kawhi, he's like a, a Darrell Revis. You know yeah. what I mean? Like you can put him on someone and he's gonna be sticky and he's gonna stick with him. He's not gonna get blown up for some huge plays, at least not often. He's yeah. gonna do his thing. With Giannis is physically like imposing. Say, a free safety, Like an Ed Reed. You know, like you gotta watch what you're doing with the ball, even though he's not directly involved. And he's the best in the yep. league at
0: doing that. Yeah, and, you know, it's why people will get into it, but that's why people like Rudy Gobert because Rudy Gobert is basically that big safety you don't throw on. Um, but the difference between the two of them is that Giannis will come up and thump you in the box. So while Giannis is playing free safety out there, if you fucking run the ball, Giannis is coming down the lane hard as shit on you. He's also gonna close out on you and be able to defend at every position where Rudy Gobert don't like to make no tackles. Right, right. When Rudy Gobert's gotta leave that, that little free safety box and move into the box, move out to the perimeter, uh-uh. None of that little grit and grind work's getting done. So let's do this prediction for game seven and let's slide over to the Bucks other side. Bucks win
2: game seven. I took the Bucks to win the series before the series started. I'm sticking with the Bucks. I know I sound crazy, I don't care. Uh, I think the narrative changes on Giannis after this game. And if he loses, we already know what the narrative is going to be because it's already here. So uh, I'm going with bucks yep. and 7.
0: Easy money. All right, let's slide over. I also am going bucks and 7. I, I might bet the Nets because I think the Nets are going to get like six points. But uh, I may take the over. Who knows? I'm still thinking about that. On a bit of a slide in the NBA, I'm down to 32 and 23, only up nine. Um,
2: yeah, up nine is better right, than Next down, game man.
0: tonight – Nine, spe- i was hot as shit uh but as the finals go on they get harder um as the playoffs go on. jazz clippers uh, the the let's just say this the western conference the best team in the western conference right now is on ir the team you could put together with players in the western conference that are out i'm going to exclude cp3 you're basically looking at a Kawhi, Murray, Clay AD team.
2: It's been a rough season for Ugh. injuries, man.
0: Yeah, no shit. They ran them all back. That's a whole other thing. We could probably go on for a while. Let's skip that. Let's get into this series. No Kawhi. Potentially no Donovan Mitchell. Clippers are favored. Looking to move on to the next round. Phoenix. Desperate for this game to go seven, so Paul George—I mean, so Chris Paul can get back. America, in time.
2: desperate for that series to go seven.
0: Oh my God, I know America. Yeah, it's true. So, Jazz Clippers, how do you see this going, and what are your takeaways from the series?
2: I don't even know, to be honest. This is the one series that's been throwing me for a loop, bro. I think I have a pretty good grasp on all of the series, but this is the one that's got me scratching my head every night. Like, uh, what? <laughs> what am I watching right now? Like, I, I don't even understand this series. When I saw Kawhi was going to be out with maybe an ACL tear, all we've gotten right now is serious AC, or serious knee injury. I think they labeled it a sprain at first. Who knows? I guess we'll find out in the coming days. But when I found out Kawhi was going to be out, immediately my thought is, okay. I mean, Utah's the one seed. I know Mitchell is hurt too, but they should be able to do enough to win. And then Paul George says, hey, I'm Paul George. I'm the Paul George from Indiana.
1: I'm the Paul George from OKC. And <laughs> Holy
2: shit. I know. How crazy is that? Very, very big uh, uh, plot twist, I would say, because I'm sitting in front of my TV after having spent the day thinking like, all right, and I've been a Paul George fan. I'm not a Paul George hater. Yeah. But I'm thinking, all right, they got to be done. Like Paul George, he's not putting the franchise on his back to win this. And then he puts on the game that he put on. And now I'm sitting here like, fuck, Paul George is about to do this.
0: Paul George is about to do it and it's funny watching him kind of in his own light and you're like what the fuck's going on uh, funny tidbit about Paul George you remember those Gatorade commercials where he was like no OT tonight <laughs> and then he would he would make the no OT tonight and then he would make the basket and they were like oh and Gatorade yeah while you know. he was giving us playoff uh, duds <laughs> yeah yeah I know funny guy um, I had a project at work when we needed to cut down OT and I was like oh project Paul George <laughs> no OT tonight <laughs> No (laughs) OT tonight. And no one understood it. I was like, okay, you know, the 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 like repercussions of working in IT. But I was like, all right, Project Paul George, no OT tonight, baby. Oh, that is funny. Uh, But yeah, I've I've used that like three times and I love it. I think it's so funny. That commercial stick with me forever. But he's putting on. He's back to getting those Gatorade sponsors. And this is the chance. I mean, if you're Balmer, you're Balmer, you fucking buy this team, this is your wet dream. You're going to have Kawhi Leonard and Paul George rip through the jazz and then go on to play the Phoenix Suns, who may be without Paul George. and Not Paul George, CP3. And you may be able to steal one or two before he gets back. And then you may be able to make the conference. You may be able to make the NBA Finals against possibly a Nets team. This is where we were 48 hours ago. They may be able to play against a Nets team without Kyrie and a banged-up James Harden. And in forty eight hours, now Kawhi Leonard has a potential ACL, and you're stuck with just Paul George against this Utah team, and you may not be able to get out of it in time to even get to CP three before he's back. An emotional roller coaster and an absolute if you're Balmer who is one of the most passionate owners in the NBA. You are infinitely rich and nothing can touch you. I need to know how much sleep he lost over this because I want to think that he thinks about his sports team like we think about ours. Because holy shit, that roller coaster from I'm the healthiest team, I have the two best players, I'm ready to rock, to I now just have PG-13 and I may not be able to get to CP3 and it may not even be the the banged up Nets anymore because the Nets were up 3-2. And now I might have to strangle myself out of just getting out of this round. So you think Clippers can wrap this up? I do
2: think that the Clippers can wrap this up after seeing what Paul George pulled out of his bag in the last game. Uh, And I think that they will wrap it up because I don't think and I've never thought at any point that Utah was built like that. I still don't think Utah is built like that. Paul George has at least shown us that he's built like that. I mean, it comes in waves. Sometimes it, yeah. it doesn't look so yes. good. Sometimes it looks great. But I think that Paul George is now the best player in the series. I think he'll get it done. But before we move on to anything else, I got to put on my hypothetical trade cap real quick. Are you ready for me?
0: I'm, I'm locked okay. and loaded.
2: Okay, and now I'm going to preface this by saying what I'm about to present to you is going to sound fucking crazy. But hear me out. If you're the Clippers, if you're Ballmer, and you watch Paul George get you to the conference finals. Let's say let's let's even get crazy and say Paul George carries his team past the Suns. Chris Paul he's got COVID. We don't even know, and they're in the finals now on the back of Paul George. Kawhi has a player option that expires. I believe he's got one year on a player option after this year. If he wants to, he can decline and hit free agency if he wants to after this season. Are you or how do you feel about the possibility of telling Kawhi, hey man, let's let's run it back one more time, you know, just just opt in. You know, you could get healthy and then and then we'll make another run at it. And then trading Kawhi for the biggest bag that you could possibly get to pair with <laughs> Paul George and let Paul George be the star. See, call New Orleans and say, "Hey, I heard uh, Zion's a little frustrated down there. We got a win now, peace for you in Kawhi. We'll throw in whatever we could throw in. They don't even have any picks left at this point, but We'll throw some shit in there. How do you feel about the possibility of trying to get Kawhi to opt in and then trading him and rebuilding around Paul George, who has already signed an extension?
0: I think the only way that works is if you can get – so Kawhi's have to be able to make the most money he could make in one year coming to you with that re-sign. And then you'd have to have someone else be like, yeah, we'll take him. So, like, the hypothetical you're looking for is um, it could be Philly um Kawhi goes yep give me the one year philly goes hey you know what it's just a one-year rental but we'll go ahead we'll give you ben simmons he can run the ball for the most part for you we can even throw in some pieces we could throw in curry uh and we can throw in a first round pick you give us Kawhi. you have a star for to rebuild around for a while in ben simmons and and like we said he is not that top guy but you have paul george to be the top guy and simmons now your other guy so your top guy you know paul george is gonna have the ball a lot simmons gonna do a lot for you defensively you just need to figure out a way to get him engaged he's still young um or you could turn around and say, hey, would you would you prefer like a Harris and Pieces deal? Uh, if you can land Kawhi, there's going to be a lot of teams that will want to land Kawhi. So, you know, I, I don't, it depends on what you want back. Dallas would give up literally everything under the sun, minus Luka. I wonder
2: if there's a KP-Kawhi deal that could be worked out. I mean, Dallas would have to add a lot more, but... Yeah. That would be interesting. I'm just saying don't rule out uh, Kawhi ending up on a one-year somewhere else a la Toronto.
0: I think that's exactly what you're going to see him, the new mercenary, the new mask. Uh, Don't rule out the Knicks. So if you're the Knicks, you have cap space, and let's be honest, which would you rather do as the Knicks? Would you rather try to go all in with – so let's say I go, I'll give you Julius Randle and a first for – Kawhi, uh,
2: I say no. If I'm the Clippers, I'd rather have Kawhi than a first and Julius Randall. But uh, your point stands. Uh, if yeah. if you're New York, you do whatever it is necessary. I'm trading anybody necessary to get Kawhi there. I don't care who it is.
0: So I think that that's now. Nah, I don't know how Kawhi and his resting is going to match with Tibbitt up may make him blow his brains <laughs> Kawhi out. Kawhi
2: just but, implode. Uh,
0: yeah, I think Tom Tibbitt would implode. Yeah, first time Kawhi's like, I'm not playing tonight. Tim and I will be like, bah! explode. Um, but, yeah, so there's going to – I think this – we've already seen it. It's a good segue uh, into, into our next bit. But um, we've already seen pieces start to move uh, and the carcasses of NBA teams fall out. Uh, but before we get into kind of the teams that have been eliminated – uh, one jump down, we've got the last serious kind of talk about CP3 has the vaccine. Not CP3. God darn it, um, Chris Paul has the uh, vaccine. Yeah, CP3. Damn it, Matt. <laughs> um, has the vaccine. Uh, has the vaccine. Still got COVID, which happens. No real effects. He says. Um, and he's out a maximum of 10 days, but could be back sooner with two negative tests, which is expected. We won't know until he's completely clear, so we don't know if he's one test out at any point in time. So it's something to watch. But they, the Phoenix Suns make absolute short work of the Nuggets. Not, not a single game was really that close. Uh, and, and actually, they got mopped up just about as, as well as that fight in the stands. Did you see that? Did you see the Suns and four, guy?
2: Shout out Suns and Four guy. He gave Nuggets fan an ass-whooping in those stands.
0: Ass-whooping. That guy tried to sucker punch him, and he dog-walked him.
2: Yeah, big L for the Nuggets. They take the L in the series, and the the fans take an L. If you're Denver, the only thing you got going for you right now is the fact that the marijuana is beautiful in your state. Uh, Your your football team's not even – let me not get into Denver. L's for Denver. Yeah.
0: You got Jamal Murray coming back. You got a lot of good young pieces. Good luck on you, Denver. Phoenix side of the house, DeAndre Ayton proves that he is not a worthless pile of shit. He has an unbelievable series against Jokic doing all of the small things well. Exactly what you want to see out of him. His attitude is phenomenal. His ferocity is off the charts. Uh, He is smart. He is tenacious. This is a player that they thought they were drafting and they're getting. Devin Booker is a walking fucking bucket. Devin Booker is the fucking man. All praise Devin Booker. And then CP3, ever the cerebral, controlling the flow of the game and now handling the Lakers and the Nuggets in short order. Very impressive. I would impressive. love
2: to see a CP3 finals appearance. So that's what I'm cheering for. I hope he gets back on the court. I hope him, Booker, and A-N take care of the Clippers or the Jazz, whoever it ends up being. And I hope that they make a finals appearance. So the other day on Twitter, we were speaking, right, or at least I tagged you in a tweet uh, talking about CP3, actually, and and Kobe and and that whole thing. And I I need to take this opportunity right now to get into it. I know I'm derailing us a little bit, but we're towards the end of this thing and you're falling asleep over there anyway. So let's get let's get uh, let's wrap this thing up with this. I've heard. 90 million times over the last let's see 2011 is now 10 years ago over the last 10 years I've heard over and over and over and over annoyingly that Leo you should not be mad that the CP3 to the Lakers trade didn't go through because Kobe and CP3 they wouldn't have worked out they wouldn't have worked out Leo they just they they're both ball dominant how could they possibly win together. And I just want to say that Chris Paul on the Phoenix Suns is a shining example of what the fuck would have happened if you let Chris Paul and Kobe play together. Devin Booker is a little mini version of Kobe. That, that's what he, he said it himself. I, that's not me making some kind of bold comparison. He says that Kobe is his idol. He models his game after Kobe, yada, yada. Right, DeAndre Ayton, assuming that the Lakers still acquired Dwight back in 2012, 13, whenever that was. I don't remember the exact dates, but assuming they still acquired Dwight, the same play style as DeAndre Ayton, a big rim runner who's going to protect the rim. He's going to catch lobs. He's going to get you paint buckets. Obviously, DeAndre Ayton is not Dwight Howard, but a similar style of player. So you mean to tell me that prime Chris Paul, could have linked up with the rich man's version of two players that he's playing with right now and in the conference finals with, and it wouldn't have worked? I don't understand that, and that's getting to be one of those topics where I judge people's basketball IQ on. Like, if you tell me that Chris Paul, Kobe, and Dwight, or Chris Paul, Kobe, and whatever big that's not ass cheeks would not have worked, that's the dumbest shit I've ever heard. I, I just needed to get that yeah. on wax. I needed to get that on recording because I've been hearing this for so many years and I just don't understand. And now Chris Paul is proving to us with this son's run what would have happened.
0: Dude, here's, here's why it survives. Why it survives is a hypothetical that can never be proven true. Anyone with a brain doesn't have to think about it, however. But there are a lot of people, a lot of people don't have a brain don't have a brain i know this you know this we all know this you want to know why we know this because you can go on espn right now or you can go on fox sports and there are going to be one of two people sitting in front of that tv chirping at you just chirp that's all they're doing is chirping at you stephen a smith and skip bayless have made an entire living off of basically taping hypotheticals or completely egregiously wrong things and saying them out loud Saying them out loud so many times that someone goes, okay, I'm done hearing him, I have to talk back. And then what you find out is the reason they're on there isn't because of the people talking back. It's actually because of the amount of people that believe in those things. So, the reason why... That and we can all agree, Skip Bayless has never watched basketball. Skip Bayless barely knows anything about football. Skip Bayless was a beat reporter for the Dallas Cowboys during the time of America's team becoming a thing. That's what propelled Skip Bayless to his uh notoriety. And to give uh some background on Skip Bayless's uh utter uh propensity to say the outlandish the gm tech shram of the dallas cowboys at the time called skip bayless that cocksucker quote so he has a propensity to say the outlandish and the you know irrevocably wrong uh just to get your reaction and it's just that you're basically going to tell me that one of the top five point guards of all time and kobe wouldn't have won a ring that's what you'd have to be looking me in the face and saying, no, they wouldn't. But Kobe and Marcus all could.
2: Right, right, exactly. Kobe and Powell.
0: So, like, Powell. Yeah, sorry, not Mark. Powell. Kobe and Powell could, but Kobe and Chris Paul couldn't. Okay, well, you know, it was good talking sports with you. You know, that's how I treat those people when you see them like they're at your work. And, you know, someone comes along to you and you're like, let me tell you why Shaq is overrated. And you're like, I have a better idea. I have to go do anything else. Like, I mean, anything else. I might just go sit outside in the hot hundred uh, degrees. Right, right. I would actually uh, rather, rather than do listen to whatever the than fuck
2: this conversation.
0: Yeah, I would. I would much rather. Pre- yeah, exactly. I will go do anything other. That's that conversation. Let me tell you why Shaq's overrated. Let me tell you why Giannis and Ben Simmons are the same player. You know, no, how about, I have an idea. Why don't you just go over to the trash can, take the bag out of it, wrap it around your fucking head, and jump back in that trash can and start yelling. Because I don't want to fucking hear it. And you may as well go where you belong. Right in the fucking trash can. That's all that is. Fucking stupid people. Stupid fucking people. Okay, let's take a transition here. And let's talk about some of the free agent absolute frenzy. Now, I want to tie this into something because... At the beginning, we were talking about blowing big point leads and the mental aspect of a game, and how the, the 76ers and the Bucks have shown this, uh, this mental lapse where you start to watch the clock. People in sports discount the mentality of 20 year old people in such an egregious way that it blows my mind. The Portland Trail Blazers exit the playoffs. Literally within seconds, Dame Lillard puts out a post on Instagram about, like, how much of my loyalty do I need to owe until I feel like they're giving it back to me. Within 24 hours, their head coach is fired. Okay? That's an emotional thing. (laughs) Just for everyone out there. That is uh, a, a man saying, you've changed something or I do. And he took it to Instagram because obviously nothing was getting done behind the scenes. The mental aspect is everywhere. We look over in Boston. How many bad narratives were coming out of Boston? A fuckload. Remember the racism that was coming out of there? And then Danny Ainge, the GM. Yeah, is, right, is. You're totally right there, is. And then Danny Ainge turned around and was like, I've never even heard of that. (laughs) Let Um, me
2: stop you there. Danny Ainge, you want some bullshit. I hope that this clip gets to you one day. You want some bullshit, Danny Ainge
0: yeah exactly we are talking about the same city that when Bill Russell retired he did it without any fans and they had a party without fans because he can't stand the fans of Boston Um, he says that to this day uh, everybody who's played in Boston knows the Rachel epitaphs that are used consistently so Danny Ainge comes out which is emotional right here's another emotional aspect this is from a full grown adult says never heard of any racism in Boston Immediately following the season, Danny Ainge is let go, and Brad Stevens has moved into the front office. Complete disconnects on all sides. Players not listening to Brad Stevens on the court. Message from the front office not making its way down. Immediately after that happening, Brad Stevens moves up, and they reshape it. Another emotional decision. Your, your icons are leaving. And then we get really to the piece de resistance that hit us yesterday. There was rumors that Luka Doncic wanted out in Dallas. And everyone was like, this is so not true. This is such a lie. He would never. Mark Cuban's great. Yep, 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 yep. Mark, you know, Carlisle's a great coach. Well, it's been 12 hours since those rebuttals. And the GM and coach are both fired. Do we think that all these things are happening through just tactical means? Or can we finally admit that you have to cater to the physical demands of the player, putting putting good pieces around him, but also to the mental aspects of the players and how they present themselves on the court? Can we get there, please? I'm begging. We have to realize that not all these things are tactical. Some of them are purely emotional to keep these stars happy. That are moving at a frequent rate. So now that I hop off my soapbox, what do you think of these teams all firing their coaches? And there's only three coaches left that were hired before 2018.
2: Really the Carlisle firing was the only, well not even firing because I think that they said that he made the decision to step down. So the Carlisle dismissal we'll call it was the only one that caught me off guard because Rick Carlisle's been a a great coach for his entire career. He is without a doubt a Hall of Fame coach. He's a champion. Um, So that one kind of caught me off guard a little bit. But I don't know if you got a a chance to listen to um, the Low Post podcast with Tim McMahon, who's a Dallas reporter. He kind of gave a lot of insight into what was going on in Dallas. And it sounds like that front office is straight up dysfunctional, like straight up a a fucking clown show, is what it sounds like, and it sounds like Mark Cuban's not, he he can't get control of anything in there, he's got coaches beefing with with, uh, the scouting department, and he's got the GM arguing with the coach, and the coach with the owner, and it's just a shit show, apparently uh, Luca and... Uh, Rick Carlisle didn't get along at all. There are a couple gems in there about how Luka would show up Carlisle on the sidelines in the middle of the game. That can't be yep. good for chemistry. Yep. So, in most of those firings or most of the moves, I get it. I definitely get. Especially Danny Ainge, get the fuck out of here, Danny Ainge. Um, but when it comes to the Mavs, I don't quite understand because the the at least if the reports are to be believed, Luka was a fan of Donny Nelson. Uh, the, the GM who uh, recruited him from when he was a young teenager, and yep. they fired him. Yep. Luca then, uh, I guess, expresses displeasure with Carlisle. At least he's been expressing his displeasure for a while now. They fire him too. Uh, apparently, Luca doesn't like a, a multiple of the parties involved in all of this in the front office. They might all get fired. Uh, and so, yeah, you, you kind of got to cater to your star, but I don't know where you go with this. You know, like, you're going to fire Rick Carlisle and hire who?
0: Um, Anyone. I think that – I this is going to sound crazy, but we're pretending like I – th- I think people pretend like uh um, we should have the same coach for, like, 70 years. Like – there are, how many Division One schools? 360? They all have coaches. You mean to tell me you can't find, like, you've got the best 30? We already agree that most of these coaches, like Brett Brown, we wanted fucking shot. Uh, Bud, we, we are constantly looking for Bud to fail. I think there is such a propensity to not try something new. I mean, Tyron Lue had to sit around for, what, three years after getting a championship just to get another shot? There's a lot of coaches that are options out there that, that you could grab from either the sidelines of somewhere, uh, maybe take a look over in San Antonio. I think that one of the problems is there is a disconnect between these older coaches and these younger stars. And the younger stars do want to be catered to a little more because that's the whole life they've known as a pampering. Now some don't have that problem. We don't hear about them, but others do. It's not like Kobe was easy to deal with. Kobe got Phil Jackson fired. Kobe then turned around and said, "I need Phil back." Okay? <laughs> but it started with Kobe saying, "Get him the fuck out of here." That's very public. He said, "Shaq and 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 Phil or me." And that was that was done. This has been going on now they went in another direction. It went terrible, and Kobe said, "Oh my God, Oh my God, I fucked up," which could still happen, and Carlisle could be back in a year. It's not unprecedented, like we just said. Phil's done it. The one, of, the most decorated coach of all time has done. Well, uh, I don't. Uh, he might not be more decorated than uh, Red, but in the, in the modern era. Okay, so you know, I just think that you have to cater to your stars sometimes. But you have to make the message clear that it's okay if we, you know, if we fire him and go another direction, Luca turns around and is like, you know what? Actually, Rick Carlisle was the better choice.
2: You can go get him back. Yeah, for sure. I like, mean, I think I, a coaching change it, with, with a fresh voice, even if the concepts in the system don't change. Sometimes a fresh voice is all you need. You see that with Atlanta, where Nate McMillan takes over for Lloyd Pierce, and then they board a rocket ship and just shoot up into the standings. Um, but my, my only... My only reason for pause when it comes to that Dallas situation is that it sounds like, and again, this could all be fabricated, you know, bullshit, but it sounds like Luca didn't really have any respect for for Rick Carlisle, right? And so if he didn't respect Rick Carlisle, who's he going to respect? Like, is he going to respect the guy that's coming from VCU, you know, that had a good conference run? Like, who is he going to respect if he can't respect a coach that's proven that he can win a championship?
0: It happens with young stars, and you got to cater to them. As a a front office, you have to cater. Now, the problem with the Mavs is the whole front office is in disarray. And it doesn't sound like Luka has many proponents in that building anymore. So, it's going to be very interesting to watch.
2: I, just, I was I, looking I hope at the best for him. Uh, I wouldn't mind. A, what I really want to see is I want to see Luca not sign an extension and burn the whole world down, <laughs> and and enter free agency after well, his rookie deal. I think that would be fucking amazing to watch, uh, but that's probably not going to happen. <laughs> I
0: I I was saying that before they fired the GM, you could. It depends on how much Mark Cuban like valued Carlisle and his front office people. But it's not like you couldn't turn around. Okay, so I have Luca. I turn around to, um, I turn around to Portland and I say, I'll give you Luca and KP. You give me CJ Dame and three firsts. Portland's probably doing it. Yeah, you
2: got to take Luca. They're probably taking My whole thing is,
0: <laughs> I, I, well, no, you're taking KP. <laughs> i'm not you're taking kp i guess my whole thing is when you look at this from strictly a mental standpoint of trying to appease the player and a league with a ton you know 10 top 10 players that you can win a championship if you just have one of them at what point do we start to see championship player a and championship player b traded for each other just to appease them getting kind of what they want in a new market So I want to see which owner steps into that realm a little bit more and goes for the, hey, you know what? I'm going to flip this piece and, yeah, it might suck for me, but I don't know if this guy's going to stick around long term anyway. And I'd rather just move a piece and try to make that piece happy because we have to understand that if you're showing up Carlisle, that has nothing to do with anything other than your mental. (laughs) That's just who you are. You know what I mean? You don't respect uh, a, a widely considered one of the best coaches in basketball. But it happened in Boston. They stopped listening to Brad Stevens. And everyone considers Brad Stevens an excellent head coach. These things aren't X's and O's, guys. A lot of times this is mental. It's how they're approaching the game. It's how they're approaching the player. It's how the player and coach are approaching themselves. And so you sometimes just need to move somebody to get them out of their current headspace, and they figure it out. And there's nothing you can do. So I'm really interested in to see what these teams start doing instead of going through a rotation of coaches and GMs every single fucking year. Maybe they say, you know, the new continuity is just to move the players around. And with the understanding that we're kind of in a phase where new superstars are showing up every other year, uh, you take kind of the OKC approach of going... You know, if I have the one star instead of trading away for nothing, maybe I just trade away the one star for a star and I just keep starting, you know, just trading, uh, you know, unhappy stars back and forth till we have some kind of result. But, you know, I I think that's far off. I think all these firings are just the beginning. Um, And I think the deck chairs are just starting to move as it looks like the Celtics have traded to get Al Horford back. Um, So. You know, uh, it's just the, the NBA is a league of such high emotion that these moves are going to start happening rapid fucking fire. I mean, as soon as – if if Milwaukee Bucks get eliminated, Bud will be fired and on the target. Carlisle
2: better be the if, first call.
0: Well, I, I'm not going to be shocked if Philly gets eliminated tonight and Rick Carlisle's getting that call first. Ooh,
2: you think Doc might be out that quickly?
0: Doc and Daryl Morey do not get along. I and and Daryl Morey, I think, is a really smart. He is a really smart play uh, GM who is going to make a lot of fucking moves with that team. That team, we act like they don't have moves to make. That team has an absolute war chest of things to do between their picks and between their players. No one else has a player like Ben Simmons that they can trade away and get better. That is a very unique thing to have. A top forty player that you can trade away and get better. Very that, unique. That's all. Cool so,
2: with that. I mean, you're probably right. They're, they're calling Philly is calling Carlisle immediately if they do make that move. I just really want to see him in Milwaukee. If they Milwaukee would be great too. Still fire Bud and go get Carlisle.
0: <laughs> Look, that's going to be the funniest thing is when they win that championship and they extend Bud for like oh six years. Oh my god, I'd cry. I know, that's what happens They're like, yes, that was, I mean, Philly and football just did it Let me
2: tell you, during
0: They won a championship two years later, everyone's gone During
2: game six, I I know that we're done with Bucks nets But during game six, when I'm watching KD post up Middleton And not not even sniffing a double team Like he's just casually posting and doing his fadeaway over and over and over I'm thinking in my head, like, yo, fire Bud in the game Like, in-game fire him Like, what are we doing here?
0: (laughs) Yeah, right I, you, I just think you'd be hard-pressed to fire Bud and then have an assistant step in and have a worse product. So, you know, like that's how I view it, and that's what I'm talking about with these coaches. We're down to four teams on each side, and and one of the coaches we outright dislike, which is Bud, Doc Rivers has a huge propensity of choking and failing. You have Nate McMillan, who's a really good coach, um, and Steve Nash, who's a first-year guy who – Really what we're just seeing is his stars taking over. So, and D'Anton- D'Antoni's behind him, by the way. You know, and on the other side of the house, you've got Snyder, who's working with a bunch of weird pieces, Ty Lue, who looks like he's made some really good moves here with, with basically stranding Gobert on an island, so he looks like a tactical genius. You know, they've got some pieces around here, uh, but all these coaches have been in different spots before they're where they're at today, uh, except for the ones we want to immediately remove. <laughs> So, you know, it, it is a game of musical chairs, and that's just the NBA. And, and and I don't think that you should really stop with those pieces. I'm just interested when someone says enough is enough and they trade the player. Uh, we'll see when that actually happens for player for player. But, all right, any parting thoughts before we nope. get out of here?
2: Sticking with Hawks in six. Uh, I, I had Bucks in six, but I'll take Bucks in seven. And to be honest, I don't really care what happens with Clippers Jazz. I just want the Western Conference Finals to start.
0: Yep. And I'm I'm ju- yeah, look, I just want the I want the Eastern Conference Finals to start and I want the Western Conference Finals to be delayed by a little bit. So oh, I got one thing
2: yet. and we don't even have to oh. talk about it. It's just something I need to say. Julio
0: i know yeah we're gonna get into that as we get closer as training camps wrap up when we start to get back into it uh towards the end and into the fall we're gonna be doing a whole nfl i've already got most of my over-unders figured out um i've got my mvp races tightening up we're gonna get to all that uh but for now remember rate subscribe review you can find me pick and play 37 find leo Pick and scroll hoops or just pick and scroll. I don't know why I keep doing that. You, I have no clue why I do that. It's such a stupid mental look. I know. I know. Pick and scroll. Remember, rate, subscribe, review, reach out to us with questions. I'm getting bombarded this week by Chiefs fans because I said their offensive line could be hurt this year as they've already lost a player. And stupid Chiefs fans are like, no, they ain't is happening. That this year's Probably, beef? Right, Last
2: year's beef was the Bills fans. Now this year, you're going to beef with Chiefs fans?
0: I'm going to just beef with fucking idiots. So I'm, I'm going after it. And look, that Bills thing, you had one good year. So, uh, you know, see me this year. It's a long year. It's a, lo- it's a long time, football. You know, I'm not a one-year man. So let's move it along. Um, I'll, I'll. Let's see. Yeah, we'll probably have another guess, podcast next week covering the NBA. We'll talk a little bit of the NFL. Not much else going on in the sporting world. Remember, rate, subscribe, review.
1: Peace. Ice, tray on, nigga flooded. ice, 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 yeah. If a nigga hatin', call him Joe Budden. Pussy. Cool outside and express press button. Scoo, that nigga mad, cause your bitch fuckin'. Fuck it, Ice Trader Gang. Fuck, ice. Ice, ice. Ice, <laughs> Fuck it, Ice Trader Gang. Ice, Trader Gang. Ice, Ice Trader Gang. Yes. Yes. Fuck it, Ice Trader Gang. Ice Ice Trader Gang. Ice, Ice Trader Gang. Yeah, Ice Trader Gang.